This morning I'm going to do a guided meditation on the breath, on maintaining a connection with the breath over a period of time. And I'll be inviting you to develop these two factors we've mentioned just briefly, and Andrea will talk more about tonight. They're the first two jhanic factors of vitaka and vichara. Vitaka is this quality of aiming the attention towards the chosen object, in this case the breath. Vichara is the quality of sustaining that attention. When we think of these two faculties or these two mental factors, it's really important to recognize that this is not an aiming where you grasp onto the breath and that the sustaining is you hang on for dear life. I used that image of the life preserver the other day. Um, it's not like that. It's in Vitaka Vichara, we're constantly refreshing them. So they can be applied for the duration just of an in-breath, duration just of an out-breath. This is the kind of time frame we're talking about. So it's just meeting the experience again and again and that willingness to keep connecting, to keep connecting and, and uh, that momentary sustaining of the attention, as I said, just on an in-breath, just on an out-breath. So it's not something that's meant to invoke a lot of tension or striving. It really is something that you refresh and can actually find energy from, can find that um, aliveness, that alertness of just being willing to begin again and again and again, that each moment presents a new opportunity to connect and sustain in this momentary way. And that's all we need to do. All we need to do is find that willingness to begin again and connect with this next breath, this next in-breath, this next out-breath. As we sustain that over time, and I don't mean, you know, hanging on to it, you know, for extended periods, but again and again in momentary fashion, this is what builds a concentration. But as we've been emphasizing, really important not to do this in a way that creates tightness, tension, striving. It's about finding that light touch that enables you to connect with the experience as long as the attention is there, attention wanders, but when you recognize the wandering and you come back and connect again, then there's that freshness of the vitaka, recognizing, oh right, this breath, this, this, this moment, and then that momentary sustaining. So, in the jhana factors, there's actually a beautiful progression that goes through vitaka, vichara, piti, sukha, ekagata. Piti is joy or rapture. Sukha is a, a, a subtler form of happiness. And then ekagata is the one-pointedness. They all develop naturally out of the meditation. But these first two are the only ones we can actually uh, do have any uh, will over, can actually sustain an intention towards uh, experiencing. The Vitaka Mitra, they're kind of the foundation, the engine, the, 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 uh, the basis of our practice. And if we just keep willing to meet each moment when the mindfulness is there and recognize this breath, to really trust that, to trust that and not to lean forward into the breath, as Philip was talking about last night, the different ways of relating to the breath, but actually just know this moment of connection. That's all we need to do. So in this guided meditation, I'll, I'll be pointing you to ways of 
staying, you know, arousing this sense of connection to the breath and sustaining it in a momentary way. Like any guided meditation, sometimes they really work for people and it's a helpful way in, and at other times it just isn't matching your experience. If you find that it's not matching your experience or you're getting tight or confused, please just drop the guiding. Just come back to your own practice, settle yourself in your own connection with the body, with the breath. And then if it feels right, you can tune back in and pick it up. It's a very simple meditation, so you can pick it up at any point. Um, But not to feel, again, stressed or strained about this. This is really offered as a support and for you to see if this is a way that is helpful for you right now to practice. And again, to really pay attention to this tendency we have to want to do it right, to be perfect, to, to get a hold of something. And then if you notice that, that deliberate sense of letting go of that entanglement, really feeling it as a hindrance, and seeing if you can drop back into a more receptive mode, a, a mode of relating to the experience that's a little more relaxed, allowing, uh, receptive. This is a helpful way to do any guided meditation, but particularly this one because it's quite refined and uh, uh, directed to this continuity of awareness with the breath. So I'll probably take 20, 25 minutes to go through these sequences. So, you know, they'll do that for a period of time and then you'll have some time at the end to practice just with your own guidance. So beginning, as we always do, by finding that relaxed and comfortable posture, if you need to adjust a little to kind of settle in, it's really helpful to begin from a place of feeling steady in the posture, that you can find a sense of stillness. And it's really, again, not a rigidity of stillness. It's allowing the body to find its natural stillness. As you feel a base of support of the sitting posture, however you're sitting, just relaxing into that and being held in that sitting posture, held by the earth element. So we release and let go a bit into this sitting posture, letting go of any unnecessary tension, holding or contraction that you might notice in the body, The breath is actually a really helpful tool for inviting that kind of relaxation. As you notice a place of tension, we don't push it away with aversion or judgment. But using the breath just to invite a softening, this kind of allowing, soothing relationship to the body. The body naturally wants to find balance if it's given the opportunity, given the right conditions. Just allowing the body to find that natural balance and ease. Making sure the posture is fairly straight and upright we're slouching, that can incline towards drowsiness, dullness. Again, using the breath, perhaps a few deeper breaths to invite that upright posture, energizing the body a little. Then relaxing on the out-breath. 
And from that sense of spaciousness, awareness of the body, of the posture, inviting relaxation, just beginning to tune into the movements, the sensations in the body associated with the breath. At this point, not narrowing down at all, but really a very open awareness of the impact of breathing on the body. Of course, we feel it at the nostrils, through the chest, rising and falling, the diaphragm and abdomen. But your shoulders lift with each in-breath. Can you feel the impact of the breath in your thighs or your hands? Just feeling this range of sensations associated with the breath. Might be very subtle sense of movement or pressure or lightness different parts of the body, in your thighs. Perhaps you can feel it in your calves or even in your feet. This is very open, spacious awareness of the breath. Receptive, soft, letting go of agenda, not forcing, allowing the breath to be just as it is, even if you find that might be controlling the breath a little. That's just how the breath is right now, not making a problem out of that. However the breath is, we can notice the sensations, the movement of the in-breath and the out-breath. And then perhaps connecting more clearly with some sensations of the breath that are easy for you to connect with, wherever your attention most naturally lands in this movement of in-breath and out-breath, the nostrils, the center of the chest or the abdomen. Perhaps you connect with the whole body as you're breathing but bring some clarity, some precision to this awareness of the sensations of the breath. Again, not being tight around this, but just refining the attention in a gentle way to the subtleties of the movement of the breath.
And now to heighten the interest a little, to develop these qualities of vitaka and vichara that I spoke about, beginning to notice more particularly just the in-breath. So to do this practice, it's like we have a heightened awareness for the sensations of the in-breath. And on the out-breath, we just coast a little, kind of relax, soften, And all our attention is directed to the beginning of that next in-breath. So we're really there for it. And then we see if we can sustain the attention through the duration of the in-breath, that momentary sustaining. And then there's the end of the in-breath as it transitions to the out-breath. So we're just particularly noticing those sensations like you're a bird watcher waiting to see the appearance of a new and mysterious bird that you haven't seen before. So there's this heightened awareness. Again, not tight, not leaping onto or holding onto the breath, but just really curious about connecting with and knowing the sensations of just this next in-breath. And then really inviting a kind of relaxation on the out-breath letting the mind get soft as it's waiting and just really alert for knowing the beginning of the in-breath, recognizing that beginning of the in-breath, that that certain kind of sensation, sustaining, seeing if you can track, keep your attention with the breath for that momentary time it takes to breathe in. And then there's the end of the in-breath. It's taking a few moments to get really curious about that process in breathing.
seeing if you can bring a freshness, an interest to this connection to the beginning of the in-breath. Really curious about being there for that moment. And then inviting the relaxation, letting the mind soften a little on the out-breath so that there's a freshness there for that next in-breath. And now letting go of that preference for the in-breath and beginning to pay more attention to the out-breath. The out-breath is often harder to connect with, doesn't have such a clear beginning. But can you get really curious about that transition point and the ending of the in-breath to when it changes to being an out-breath? Really be there for that moment that experience, and then seeing if you can sustain the attention for the duration of the out-breath. Again, this can be a little challenging because the out-breath tends to just fade, and that's often a place we lose our contact with it. So not trying to hold on to it or force anything, letting the awareness be very soft and receptive, but if that curiosity is there to be there at the beginning of the in-breath, the, sorry, the out-breath, just seeing if it can follow, track, stay with the duration of the out-breath. And then again on the in-breath there's a resting, letting the mind soften a little so that it can be right there, curious and alert for this transition point the ending of the in-breath, the beginning of the out-breath.
just bringing a heightened interest to just this next out-breath. Oh, the subtlety of sensation, <clears throat> the softness that comes with an out-breath. Now seeing if you can put both of those experiences together, bringing that heightened interest to the beginning of the in-breath, sustaining for the duration of the in-breath, recognizing and connecting with the transition to out-breath. Seeing if you can sustain the attention just through one out-breath, this next out-breath. as we sustain this connection to the breath. There's a sense of continuity, connection. Breath sometimes gets very subtle, slows down a little, this is very natural. And often we find as the out-breath fades away, it can be a pause before the next in-breath. This particular place of experience of the out-breath sensations fading away, and perhaps a pause before the next in-breath, it's a really common place to lose contact with the breath. The mind just slips away into thought, past and future, planning, remembering. It can be helpful to use at this point a touch point, This is a place to put the attention in this pause, in this open space between the out-breath and the next in-breath that helps keep us connected 
to the process of breathing, to our present moment experience. So a touch point is just a place of sensation that you can easily connect with. It can be related to the breath. If you're aware of the breath at the nostrils, it can be just the sensations of the lips touching, or even just the sensations that are there even when there isn't breath at the nostrils a slight tingling or awareness of the area of the upper lip, bottom of the nostrils. Other touch points can be your hands, your buttocks on the cushion. Just a place you can easily drop the attention into, just momentarily in that space, that pause, before the next in-breath begins. If this feels too much for you or too busy, of course you don't need to try to make this work. It's just a support if it's helpful. If there's no pause between the out-breath and the next in-breath, that's also fine. But if you notice that this is a place that you easily lose contact with the breath, just investigate whether an intentional placing of the awareness in one of these areas of the body helps sustain the continuity. So for the remainder of the sitting, just continuing your practice with the breath as most supports your continuity, your sense of connection to breathing in and breathing out whether you do it in the detailed way of the guided meditation or in a more open, spacious way. There's no right way to do this, no right way to breathe. Just an invitation to coming back and connecting again and again with the in-breath and the out-breath in a gentle but sustained way.
So if you found that helpful, of course you can continue to explore and develop that way of being with the breath throughout your practice. If you find you are getting tight around it, of course, just let it go. It's, it's something that you need to have the right amount of mindfulness, energy, and interest to, to meet that level of curiosity. For myself, I, I find it a really helpful way to um, sustain, to create that connection with the breath and often use the noting practice. I think Temple mentioned that already. I didn't want to bring it into the guided because there's already a lot of instruction but to just use noting like in, out, and touching if you're using the touch point. And it can just really create this sense of continuity with the breath that can be very helpful. Sometimes it might be something that I'll just do for the first minutes of a meditation, maybe five or ten minutes to kind of create that sense of connection and then open up. What we'll be offering you a lot in this retreat is different tools or techniques uh, to make this connection with the breath and help sustain it. Ultimately, you want to simplify. When we talk about noting or counting or even visualizations, other techniques, they're all wonderful and really helpful as tools to support the connection with the breath. But we're always wanting to incline towards simplifying just this bare awareness with the breath. And even as i uh, doing this guided meditation, it's one we often do on Vipassana retreats where we'll be much more interested in the subtlety of all the different sensations that arise with an in-breath and an out-breath and really to be curious about that, the coolness of an in-breath and the warmth of an out-breath, the expanding and contracting and all the different ways we feel the breath. In concentration practice, samatha practice, we actually relate to the breath a little differently. We want to have a very simple um, relationship with the breath. So you might notice those kinds of experiences. If you're mindful, you'll naturally be aware of them. But it's not what we highlight. Um, There is a sense of just keeping the breath and the connection with the breath really simple. In the early days of the retreat, though, it's fine to use whatever kind of relationship with the breath works for you. If you get really curious about the breath and the whole breath and the movement of the body and the breath, great. But ultimately, over the days, there is a movement towards a simplification. So I just want to put that out there right at the beginning. Okay, any questions about practice, the instructions? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes. 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 Interesting. So her comment was that in working with this way, um, could connect with the in breath, but almost a fear about the out breath and the kind of groundlessness that she felt, that dropping away. Of course. Uh, so. What, what, as Philip spoke about last night, it's really important that we notice that because, you know, if we just pretend it's not there, it's having an effect on our ability to connect and be there with the out-breath. And it's so interesting that something as subtle as the out-breath, just breathing out and we 
pretty for sure we're going to breathe in again, can evoke such strong feelings. But it's kind of understandable, as I pointed to a little bit in the meditation. There's a softening and a, and a diffuseness to the out-breath, a kind of unclarity to it, that the mind is looking for a place to land and it can't find it. And so being able to invite the mind to a calmer or a quieter relationship with the out-breath that's okay with its subtlety is a bit what that guided meditation can point towards. Can I just sustain even in that softness? So that's kind of the larger intention we would have is, you know, how do we invite okayness with that softness with the breath? But of course we have to recognize the fear when it's there. And Andrew will be talking more tonight about working with the challenges in our practice that will come up. But just to say briefly, in concentration practice, the, the first instruction always is, can you just keep that in the background? And there, there's a whole art of what that means. Like we recognize that it's there, so we're not kind of sitting on top of a volcano. We recognize that there's some agitation there and really feel it again if you've you've done mindfulness practice before right so you know about naming it oh this is fear it feels like this in the body and this is how it affects the breath but can I keep my connection with the breath even as I'm having that kind of recognition and have the breath still be there in the foreground so we're not denying or repressing the fear we're recognizing it and then there's again a whole art of when you need to just turn to that experience more directly and just really feel it and and bring some insight, understanding to it. But the initial instruction is, can you just keep it in the background, naming it, recognizing it, feeling its impact, but not bringing it front and center and saying, I need to figure this out. Perhaps even in what I've said, there's a little more understanding about why it might be there. Perhaps in your own exploration, you have some idea. And a, a, a big part of our practice is not to make it bad or wrong. You know, it's understandable that that this is a causal process, causes and conditions. So we just recognize, here's this effect, here's this condition now. How do I invite some sense of relaxation? Breathe with that sense of agitation. Breathe, you know, so that that's, it's included, but it's not taking over the connection with the breath. And again, it's I'd encourage you to talk to a teacher about this, because it's actually, she was talking about fear, but Uh, Andrea will talk about it tonight, it really applies to any of the hindrances and there's a really subtle art of when you just leave something in the background and when you need to turn to it more fully. Okay, thank you. Yes, way at the back. Um, Does the same instruction apply to strong, pleasant experiences? Basically, yes. As I said, it's that in concentration practice, uh, you know, we've mentioned already a number of us sat with this teacher, Park Sayadaw, who's one of the greatest concentration masters of all time. And, you know, his response, whatever you come and tell him is, go back to the breath, go back to the breath. It's a great instruction. Sometimes it doesn't work. So as I said earlier, um, there is a whole art to learning when to knowing when can I just keep it in the background and basically especially with something that's pleasant say not now just really you know I'm not choosing to give energy to that and when does that become a struggle and we need to just turn to it and bring some wisdom understanding to it but yes the basic same instruction applies to pleasant sensations to pain in the body again 
always checking the attitude of the mind, seeing if there really is a sense of struggle or I'm needing to, again, that sort of sense of the breath as a life preserver and I'm holding on to it for dear life. Then we need to turn and and really recognize what's happening because that's not the kind of uh, attitude towards the breath that's going to invite a continuity, a sustaining of the breath, of the connection with the breath. So again, this is a lot about... I learned so much about wise effort doing this kind of practice because, you know, in Vipassana, the wonderful thing about it is everything is included. Whatever is up, you can turn your attention to it. That's your focus. Here we're choosing, we're making a, a, a priority to noticing the breath. And so we have to discover or establish a wise relationship with all of the other stuff that is still happening. I mean, you're still thinking and feeling and hearing and seeing and tasting. So this is really the art of this meditation is how do you do that in a way that doesn't bring tightness or resistance or add to the fear? This is a, and it, it, Working in this way isn't obstacles to the meditation. It is actually a really profound way we learn and understand and deepen our meditation. So again, not to make it bad or wrong that you're thinking or the body is aching or you're tired or hungry. This is the natural uh, nature of the body. It's how do we discover a wise relationship to that in the context of this meditation. That's, that's the interesting part of the practice. Yes? What about the uh, pleasure in the breath itself? Mm-hmm. Great. So what about the pleasure in the breath itself? Again, we'll be talking a lot more about this because ultimately the breath has to become, in some, whether it's subtle or really gross, pleasurable. To us, to be with the breath. We cannot sustain attention with the breath through, through sheer force of will. So the factors that actually support connection to the breath, so pleasure in the breath, piti sukha, um, that we've again just mentioned briefly, joy and happiness, these are all wholesome qualities of mind that actually support the meditation. And one of the differences in concentration meditation is we actually encourage I mean, it's not that we discourage it in Vipassana, but there's a more of a sense of seeing the impermanent nature, the impersonal nature, etc., in any arising when we're doing just insight practice. But here, if there's pleasure in the breath and it's actually allowing you to get more connected to the breath, and again, you know, those images of not lost in the breath or, oh, the breath is so lovely, you're actually thinking about the breath, you're not with the breath, but the kind of pleasure that invites a closer connection and a sustained connection, we actually look to cultivate that. So that's an important part of the practice. And actually, another really great learning place in this practice is to enjoy the meditation and to invite those and allow those kind of feelings to actually um, really become integrated. Okay, I have a number of announcements, so I'm afraid I have to to finish today so we can uh, get out here on time. Um, The first thing is to say that we are beginning interviews this morning. We're going to be seeing uh, people in individual interviews. We'll see half of you today, half tomorrow. The interviews are posted on a narrow bulletin board as you go outside the meditation hall just to your left. And so if your name's not on today... It'll be on tomorrow. If it's not, then, of course, check, but half, only half of you today. You'll see they're scheduled for 15 minutes, but actually, to include time for people to leave and enter the room, it really is about 12 or 13 minutes. So that's the kind of time frame 
you should think of um, for your interview. In some ways, it seems like a short amount of time, but especially in this retreat, it really is helpful to keep things simple. Again, thinking of Park Said, our practice a month with him, sometimes your interviews with him were a minute long, where he'd say, how long could you be with a breath? You'd say 10 minutes, he'd say, try for 15, goodbye. That was it, you know. So we tend to be a little more spacious than that. But it really is about refining your understanding of the practice. And of course, if there are difficulties coming up, we want to include that and talk about that. But there's a real benefit to, to keeping the interviews simple and to this limited time frame. It actually helps the mind to settle. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a supportive aspect of this kind of practice. So it's helpful if you have an interview to think a little bit about what you want to bring to the interview. And we usually like to hear about what's going well in your practice, how you're connecting with the breath in the different aspects of your day, sitting, walking, etc. And of course, what's challenging for you, what you don't understand, what's an obstacle for you. So particularly in those two areas. And then, as I said, of course, we recognize that you don't leave your life at the retreat gate when you walk in here, that that other stuff is still impacting. And we need to take that into account. So that's also included. But to really have a sense of the time frame and to help us keep on time, there's a lot of people that we need to see today. And because we will be doing interviews all morning, we're going to ask uh, for practice leaders. There's a sign-up sheet on the board. I believe it's, it's a number of people have already signed up. Practice leader sits up here. You can sit in any of the places, on a chair, or on the platform. Um, again, I always give instructions because if you're new to it, big bell, heavy striker. You just need to tap it very lightly to make a nice sound. And anything else is everyone's practice, including your own. You can always tap again. You can't take a loud tap back, but a loud tap just wakes people up. It's not a problem. Um, And we also actually today, because of different schedules that we have maintaining the retreat, uh, practice leader for the 2.30 sitting, and there wasn't a sign-up. So would someone volunteer to sit up here and lead the 2.30 sitting? Thank you. And I just want to also, you know, the only... um, qualifications for practice leader to be able to sit up here, read the time, and know what time the sitting ends. This is actually sometimes not uh, easily done, or sometimes people make mistakes, but the sitting before lunch is actually an hour-long sitting. People are so used to 45 minutes. We've had practice leaders ring the bell at uh, 12.15. It ends at 12.30, and it's a long period of time. Many of you perhaps haven't sat that long before. So really want to invite a wise relationship to that. Come to the sitting. If you need to move your posture to do it, you know, mindfully, gently, that's fine. To do some standing in the in that sitting if that's what helps you stay present and connected. But in concentration, ultimately, you know, we want to invite simplicity and stillness. So longer periods of sitting is really helpful. And it's hard to do that in a a group setting like this. So we just have this one period a day and really invite you to see how that affects your practice to come and sit for an hour. Um, and it can be challenging, but it can also be a way of dropping in and deepening, especially as the days go by. 
We'll begin the metta practice this afternoon, a beautiful way of um, opening the heart and bringing some softness and acceptance in at four o'clock. And lastly, um, if you have a work meditation that goes into a sitting period, you're you're welcome to come into the sitting if you're coming from a work meditation. Otherwise, we ask that you come to the sittings on time and stay until the end, unless there's some physical emergency that you need to attend to, but really to maintain the stillness of the whole. It's only people coming from work meditations who come in late. If you have an interview that goes into a sitting, please just sit or walk outside um, so we can just maintain the whole in silence. Was that? Yeah. Okay. Have a beautiful day of practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.